With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. I am as excited as I can get from now until maybe the start of the regular season. The Cowboys are playing on Saturday, and this is the final time that we talk before then. So I am obviously very, very thrilled to be about to spend the next uh, handful of minutes with you guys talking about the Cowboys, talking about some players to watch. And tonight, the focus that I wanted to, to give the show is basically touch a little bit on those guys who who are maybe, and I just realized that I have the wrong graphic on. I had the graphic for last night's show. I apologize for that. Uh, but I wanted to get into, you know, some of the players that might be in danger of being cut if they don't have a strong, strong preseason this August. You know, maybe not necessarily veterans who have been on the team for four years or longer, but even second-year guys, third-year guys, a former second-round draft pick who happens to headline the players. And you can see him in the graphic right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you probably saw him on the thumbnail. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun, fun night of talking Cowboys football. Uh, we will not only spend time with players who could be cut or who need to fight for a roster spot in that way, uh, we'll also be talking about some matchups and thoughts right at the end of the show. Uh, remember, Cowboys play against the Jaguars. They host the Jaguars on Saturday night. So without any further ado, let me say hi really quickly here. We've got a lot of people showing up in the chat. I appreciate you guys. We've got Danny Savage drawing first blood in the chat. He was the first comment of the night. We've got Charles over at YouTube. We've got Thick Flair. We've got John Jones, Katharina, Gregory, Mandoluna. We've got Inez Gomez as well. Uh, Marcus Jones over here, Stephen White. Uh, thank you guys for joining the show. I think Guru is also here. I think I already mentioned Lance. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Katharina says, did you hear on the injury today, Mo? So for those of you who are not aware, there was a big injury on, on Thursday's practice. It, is the only, the, the, it was the last practice before the Cowboys preseason opener. They will be traveling to Dallas tomorrow for the game. But Chuma Edoga, offensive lineman, went down injured. It is a knee injury, by the way. And it wasn't pretty. For those of you who, who didn't watch the clip, it looks like at first sight, it's a hit from the linebacker, Jarrell Cox, who seems to be flying to his left leg. 
and the left leg is planted on the ground. But if you look more carefully, Chuma is already hobbling before the hit comes from Daryl Cox. And when he goes down, it is his right knee that he ends up grabbing, not his left. And then there was a clip from Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News that showed Chuma kind of favoring his right leg before the injury even happened. So it was kind of weird in that sense. Uh, the, the only report that I've seen, the only update that I've seen as of Thursday night when you and I are talking live is that sources say per Michael Gelkin that it is a hyperextension of the right knee. So the Cowboys would be avoiding a worst case scenario. But still, I believe we should be waiting a little bit longer to see what really is in store for Chumai Doga, because that looked a little bit like a non-contact injury almost, if you look at the clip. And I wouldn't know what the injury could be based on the video for Chuma, but it did look serious. And I know that uh, the Athletic kind of updated on Twitter that, you know, it didn't look good when it happened. And the clip says it all, too. So let's wait on that. Uh, Chuma is a is an important player or, or has been so for the Cowboys. I'm not saying that he's going to be someone that makes or breaks the season for Dallas, but the guy was lining up at left guard, right guard, left tackle, and right tackle. So he was providing a lot of versatility for the Cowboys in terms of depth. And I, I do think it is a sensible loss if he ends up losing a significant amount of time. So let's wait a little bit on that, but it was a serious injury, apparently at least. And it obviously sucks that it happened a couple of days removed from the preseason opener because I don't think that we're seeing Chuma, obviously, on Saturday night. I think uh, that that's pretty obvious, but still, we're not going to see him, unfortunately, against the Jaguars. It would be a major, major surprise. I don't think there is a, a scenario where that happens. So now the Cowboys offensive lineman kind of have a, a, a spot that could be open if he isn't ready to go at the beginning of the season, right? Like, say, say that he misses the first four weeks of the season, then maybe that roster spot opens up for somebody like TJ Bass, somebody like Earl Bostic, the undrafted free agent out of Kansas that we talked about last night as well. Uh, so it could make things a little bit interesting in terms of the 53-man roster. But anyways... That is your injury news. Uh, bad timing, as Lance Bell says here over on YouTube chat. Uh, Leonardo says, hope that Idaga heals quickly. Next man up. Yep, there you go. Not ideal. He is depth, as Gregory says. But he, he was fighting to be your swing tackle and your swing guard at the same time. Like He was involved in those two battles simultaneously. So it's obviously a loss. It's also, this is the last thing that I'll say, someone that the coaching staff and the front office seemed to like quite a lot because last year there were reports about the Cowboys maybe aiming to, to trade for him in the preseason last year. And now they did sign him in free agency. And now we will, we will just wait to see what happens moving forward. But anyways, let's get right into it. Three players in danger of being cut. And this is kind of a preseason over uh, preview mode that we're going to be talking about. Let's start with Kelvin Joseph. Let me know in the chat, do you agree or disagree that the former second round draft pick 
is in danger of being cut this offseason, this preseason. Again, the guy was a second rounder, and man, have thanks took a turn, taken a turn for the worse over the last couple of years for him. Think about it. The Cowboys have seen enough from Kelvin Joseph on the outside to the point that they are going to move him to the inside. And that's what he's been doing all of this offseason and all of this uh, training camp period. But the guy does have something going for him, and that is his special teams play. Because not only has he shown up making big plays for the Cowboys as a special teamer, he actually was third on the team in special team snaps last year behind Luke Gifford, CJ Goodwin, and then it was Kelvin. That is significant, and even more so when you lost the leader, which is Luke Gifford. As a coaching staff, you probably have to ask yourself, how much can I lose? Can I lose Gifford and Joseph on the same year or not? But then again, Joseph had that role for the Cowboys as somebody who was also supposed to contribute on defense. And by now, the Cowboys are figuring out if he can do that from the nickel spot. And I might be wrong about this because obviously it's different being in Oxnard and everything. Uh, but based on what we've heard, on what we've seen, what the insiders have been talking about and the clips that you see on social media, I'm not sure that Kelvin Joseph is out there having a strong summer. Doesn't look like it. From afar, it doesn't. And again, there is some room for error here because not being there really changes things and some clips can be really taken out of context. But I don't know about you. I've seen Kelvin Joseph being beaten by C.D. Lamp, by Brandon Cooks, by Jalen Tolbert, by many, many players. So it gets to the point where, okay, we love how he plays on special teams, but if he's not showing you anything on defense, then the only way for him to make the roster is for him to become a new version, honestly, of C.J. Goodwin. And that would mean leaving C.J. out of a job, which could happen. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen, but right now, I think that is Kelvin's biggest shot at a spot on the 53. I don't see Kelvin Joseph, though, and CJ Goodwin staying on the team as only special teamers. Like, one of them has to contribute potentially on defense as a backup. I'm not saying as a starter or anything like that. Maybe not even a rotational player, but you need to have corners who you trust stepping into the game at any moment. Obviously, the problem is, sure, you do have De'Ron Bland as your starter at nickel, and you're hoping that Jordan Lewis is available later in the year. But when is that going to be? We don't know. And maybe the Cowboys have better information. But it, it, it's looking a little bit gleam for, for Bleak for the, for, for the former second rounder, if you ask me. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Do you agree or disagree that he is in danger of being cut? Uh, agreed for Bruce. Marcus Jones disagrees. Gregory goes with agrees. Paul says he agrees. Myrie says no because of his contributions on special teams. Mitchus Adams says special teams will not be able to save KJ this year. 
Lance says the preseason will show. And I agree. Like that, and that is actually kind of the the main premise of tonight's show is these guys need big preseasons for them to earn a spot on the roster, in my opinion. Uh, this one was interesting, this comment. Let me tr- try to find it real quick. Danny says, I see KJ staying over right. Entering camp, this is more or less how I felt, just like Danny. Like I was looking at the roster. I did my roster projection, and I had KJ in it, and I didn't have Gride in it. However, insiders and what we've seen on on clips and everything and on the Saturday live stream, live stream practice, we've seen a lot more of, of Nashawn Wright so far. We've seen him play on the outside consistently. And pretty much every insider or the reporters that are out there are listing Nashawn Wright as one of their biggest winners. So it's starting to get a little bit blurrier for me. And right now, I think that I would get, I would give Nashawn Wright the nod over, over Kelvin Joseph personally. Or, or you could do, you could do the CJ Goodwin swap. And it would suck. I wouldn't like seeing CJ Goodwin out of the team because we know how much he's meant to, to the special teams unit over the last few years. But also, if this is the world that Kelvin Joseph ends up living in, is it necessarily a bad thing? No. If the Cowboys decide, you know what, this guy is younger and we're going to give him some more time, but we're going to limit him to a CJ Goodwin type role for now. I'm all for that because he has played well on special teams that it would be lying to suggest otherwise. He's made some big time tackles as a gunner. He has shown up consistently as a blocker too. So seeing Kelvin Joseph stay on as a special teamer would not bother me in the slightest. So that's number one for me on this list. Number two, and let me know in the chat who's somebody that you think could be in danger of being cut unless he has a big, big preseason. Let me know in the chat what do you think about that. Who's one guy that you're going to be looking at this August as somebody who can lose his job if he doesn't show up? Let me know in the chat. Number two for me in the meantime has to be Quinton Bohana. We have already talked about him a little bit on the show before. But it's just nothing against him necessarily. Although it's not also like he has developed into a Pro Bowl type player or anything like that, right? At the nose tackle position. But it's just too many nose tackles, man. It's too many of them. You're carrying about 12. You're carrying about 12 defensive linemen when the season starts. Those are the the odds, I guess. That's the, that's the maximum that you're going to be carrying. Does it make sense for your 53-man roster to have three nose tackles? Are you going to have Massey Smith, Jonathan Hankins, and then Bohana in there? Or are you going to keep Bohana, say, in the practice squad, or or you're just going to keep his number at hand, something like that? It's going to be tough for Quinton Bohana, I think, just based on the numbers. And the Cowboys have shown this beefy personal grouping on practice where they have the three of them on the field. And as much as I'm excited about it, it's going to be tough for for him to fit in that way. Now, can he learn another spot? 
like Mitesh says on YouTube. I'm not sure if he's talking about Bohana or or Josh Ball because he mentioned him in an earlier comment. But if it's about Bohana, I don't think that Bohana has the three technique experience to really beat out the three techniques that the Cowboys do have right now, especially at this point in the year, right? So I could see Bohana being off of the team when the preseason is all over. And a small parenthesis here, by the way, uh, cut down day is on August the 29th. It's just one cut down day this year. It's not like previous years where teams went from 90 to 80 to 75 and then to 53. It's 90 to 53. So just like that, there are going to be, let me do the quick math here because you're going to see tweets about this when the day comes. But you're going to be making 37 cuts per team, assuming that they are filled out. You're going to have 1,184 players being cut when, when that day comes. And obviously, out of those 1,184 guys, there are going to be about 512 that are going to end up in practice squads. So when you see, you know, pickups at the cutdown day, just know that it's out of a pool of about over 1,100 players, almost 1,200 if, if we round it up. So you could see how a team could like a guy that maybe another coaching staff ended up cutting and it not being a situation where Oh, why was he available in the first place? Because I feel like that gets brought up every time they play that a team picks up somebody. So stay tuned for that because it's going to be some fun days. Danny Savage says, I think that from day one, Bohana lost too much weight. I wanted him at 370 like he was at Kentucky. That could, that could be a good point, man. It could be. Cam says, is KJ still around? Need to cut his head and stick. Hey, Cam is just taking aim at Kelvin Joseph at this point. He is still around. In my opinion, he does need that big, big, big preseason. Some of the players that you mentioned, though, as players who could be in danger of being cut if they don't have a strong preseason, Danny Savage goes with Rojo. And I like Rojo as a potential cut because I don't see him on the roster personally. Lance Asimifehoko, Mitesh goes with Nashawn Wright, Simi for Danny Savage. Who else here? Mm, who else? Who else? Ryan, thank you, sir, for supporting both Sky and Primetime. I appreciate you, sir, over at Facebook. Ryan, thank you so much. And I do agree with him, though. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Ryan is saying, okay, if y'all don't listen to Sky, y'all tripping. And then he says, Mo goes hard too. That's the kind of support that I'm talking about. Shout out to you, sir. Hit the like button, by the way, if you're enjoying the show. If you like it, uh, that is the single biggest way that you can help out. Prime time, you can hit the thumbs up. And then YouTube will recommend it to more Cowboys fans. That's how it works. Uh, so I would really appreciate it if you guys take a fraction of a second to smash that button. Josh Ball for Bruce got the toxic use. I, I, I like Josh Ball bring, being brought up in this conversation. I think it's a good one. My number three on the list, and of course, there are so many more players that we could get into, uh, but I'm going to go with Simi Fehoko. Some of you guys already mentioned him. Fehoko entering camp 
was seen as a guy that was battling for the number four spot on the wide receiver rotation. It was Fehoko against Tolbert, basically. That was the wide receiver narrative entering Oxnard. That has changed. That has changed over the last couple of weeks, I would say, because Tolbert is leaving no doubt. Tolbert has people excited in the way that people are going, this is who Tolbert was supposed to be last year. When the Cowboys picked him in the third round, but still we liked him so much that we kind of thought that, hey, he, he could get involved in the starting lineup pretty much right away. And Tolbert is becoming that guy now. He He's becoming that number four in the rotation. And it doesn't sound like Fehoko is putting too much of a fight. In fact, you could argue that Fehoko is really battling for the last spot right now. Because you know who's, who else has been a winner at wide receiver out there in camp? Kevonte Turpin. And you guys know that I have been a skeptic about Turpin all of this time. But it sure sounds like the Cowboys wanted to see what he brought to the table on offense and that he is delivering in more ways than just being a gadget guy who will run some jet sweeps here and there and some uh, go routes every single snap. They're getting him in routes and he is making plays. Heck, speaking of Kelvin Joseph, he has put Kelvin on skates multiple times so Cavante Turpin Tolbert being winners makes you look at Timmy Fehoko as somebody that went from fighting for the number four spot apparently because this this can all change it's still August 10th so we're a long way from the season everything is subject to change but now it looks like he's fighting for that last spot and guess what the undrafted free agents are doing a good job but more specifically, seventh rounder Jalen Brooks is also being seen, uh, being seen as one of the top risers of camp. And I believe that out of all of the rookie wideouts that could have been risers, Brooks is the one that hurts Fehoko the most. Because Brooks has the size and he has the size-speed combination that makes Fehoko an attractive player for the Cowboys to carry on the roster, right? So now you're looking at Brooks and you're saying, if I want size, give me Brooks over Fehoko, right? Say that, say that it was somebody else that doesn't have that kind of red zone frame for a wide receiver. Maybe that it could be what uh, gave Fehoko the nod, but right now, I'm not sure that I would include him on my projection. In fact, I wouldn't right now can he change that though with a strong preseason and by staying healthy can he can he really change that moving forward we will find out excuse me for now he's on this list for me let's see what you guys have to say though dan is asking about anthony brown is he still here no sir anthony brown actually remains a free agent at this point Danny says, uh, Simi was wasted pick, might come back to practice squad. Edward says, I guess that we will have to wait and see. Let's see here. Marcus Jones says, Brooks is just better. And so far, he has been one of the biggest winners in camp. So it's looking that way. It really is looking that way. Um, 
Simeon needs to turn into super wide out right now, which Tolbert says Lance. Yeah, Tolbert, Tolbert has the very early lead right now in the wide receiver four battle. So those are some of the players, and there are obviously much more. And in tonight's episode, I didn't really want to get into guys like Peyton Hendershot or guys like the rookies or, you know, people who are really involved in those one-on-one -on -one battles. I wanted to get into guys that were apparent losers out of camp because I would make these three losers out of training camp who can really turn it around with a strong preseason. Those are the guys that I wanted to focus on tonight. That is why I mentioned, uh, excuse me, Kelvin Joseph and why I mentioned Bohana and why I mentioned Simi Fehokel, but not McKeon, who is in a one-on-one -on -one battle against Hunter Lipke or Malik Davis and Rico Dowdle, who are on a more even battle at this moment. Uh, but all of those battles are going to be taken up a notch in training camp. And that's also going to be pretty fun. So having said that, I have some more thoughts and some more matchups to watch entering the preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to make you a question first, though. Who is one player or what is something that you are dying to see against the Jaguars this weekend? And let me tell you, in case you are not in tune with what the Jaguars got going on, but according to Doug Peterson, their starters will play one or two drives. I do not think that established starters are going to play for the Cowboys on Saturday. I think that the young ones might be uh, getting some playing time in there. I don't think that your established starters, though, will be playing. Uh, Jaguars, about two drives. And by the way, I kind of love the Cowboys' money line on this one because they're at home, plus four. And I know that scores do not matter in the preseason. But, I mean, the Cowboys' roster has to be deeper than the Jaguars' roster. I would I would assume so. Even if you keep your starters two two drives, and even if they get an early lead, I just feel like the Cowboys roster is deeper, and and I want to I want to bet the Cowboys. And yes, yes, it's absolutely sick behavior to bet on preseason games. I'm not saying that that's okay. I I recommend you not do it. But you know you know how prime time is. Uh, the return of the regular season also means the return of the betting the Cowboys segment in which we killed last year. I don't think that we'll have such a good year this time around. Uh, that was some luck. <laughs> I, I like my forecasting abilities. <laughs> there had to be some luck involved <laughs> last year because we were, we were going to, I don't remember what the exact record was, but we were at like 90% hit rate throughout the entire season. And we were just doing minus 110 odds. So, Mary, you're saying that you are you gamble on everything Dallas Cowboys. Sir, welcome to primetime, man. Every Thursday during the season, I make my betting the Cowboys segment. And we come out with the one bet to make. Now, the catch here is that sometimes, sometimes you got to bet against the Cowboys, right? Or you got to bet the over or the under. And I'm not saying that I do it, but that's just like the forecasting aspect of the show. I think it's going to be fun. Oh, man, I cannot wait. I, I really cannot wait. But anyways, Cowboys plus four, money line. Yeah, give it to me.
What do you guys want to see on the preseason? Do's and more do's, says Lance Bell. It's going to be so fun. So fun to watch Deuce Vaughn on Saturday. I think it's, he's, he has to be one of the top answers, right? Because you want to see him as a returner, but you mostly want to see him as a running back. You want to see him pass protect for one snap. You want to see him break a tackle and just do the thing that he did at Kansas State where his explosiveness took over and he had these 40-yard plays consistently. Uh, Deuce Vaughn has to be one of the most exciting players to watch. And it's going to be also one moment where we maybe get some answers because NFL teams, fans, media are concerned about his size. But the tape shows a top-tier running back in college. And maybe it's, it's all about one game really ripping the Band-Aid off and us looking at how Vaughn looks like on an NFL field against NFL-caliber players. I would love to see Vaughn early in the game so we see him against some of the linebackers that the Jaguars have because the Jaguars have very good young linebackers. They've got Devin Lloyd, who was a first-rounder recently. They got Shad Muma, who was one of the favorite linebackers of last year's draft class too. Uh, and they've got, obviously, Foye Lokun, who is one of the best, most underrated linebackers in the league. I don't know if Foye Sade will play, but if he does, like that's a very good group of linebackers that I would like to see the Cowboys running backs go up against. That's one of the matchups to watch for sure. Because, again, they are expected to play at least a little bit. Moss is met for John Jones, finally in pads. He practiced today, by the way, after the MRI. So that is good news, and it's looking like he will play. The same for Schoonmaker. He was practicing out there, making contact. So I would assume that they are both going to play. So that is important. Uh, Sam Williams is Gilbert. With that, I can get into my notes right now because you guys have stolen so many from me. Uh, But number one on my list, and I'm just kidding, has to be Sam Williams. Because he's going to have competition, man. If the Cowboys start, if the Jaguars, excuse me, start their alignment, Sam Williams is either going to get Walker Little, who finished the season as a left tackle for the Jaguars and actually did pretty well. And some people were arguing for him to start over Cam Robinson, who's going to start the season suspended. Or he's going to get Anton Harrison, the first round draft pick for the Jaguars. So Williams is likely to get starting caliber competition and i want to see that i want to see that on saturday that's going to be one of the top players to watch for sure who else hunter lipke for steven white and number two on my list had to be deuce and hunter i want to see how they use him i want to see if lipke gets a ton of looks as a running back we look at lipke and we call him a fullback we call him an h-back what if the cowboys really just start using him as a running back as well, like just regular running back looks. Fun fact, by the way, Kevante Turpin got some looks at running back on today's practice. And you you, you got to wonder about that. You got to wonder about that, I guess. Uh, Jalen, Jalen, and Jalen Tolbert. Man, I want to see Jalen Tolbert to, uh, on Saturday night. You guys know that I was super excited about Tolbert when he was drafted. If you guys watched day two of last year's NFL draft with me and Sky here on the show, 
You saw my reaction. I was losing it. I really wanted Jalen. They got him, and I was disappointed as heck last year. Hoping that changes. Moss Smith finally in game time, finally making 100% contact. We're going to get to see him up close. I want to see that. On a more biased way, you know that I want to see Isaac Alarcón, you know, the Mexican player who is changing from offensive lineman, switching from offensive line to defensive line. I want to see how he looks like. Say what you want about Isaac, but the guy is really, really giving it. He's 110%. At the point that he doesn't make a lot of noise on social media, he's not out there grabbing interviews left and right. He's just keeping his head down, going to work. Every coach speaks about how he stays extra time for him to learn the position. He started working with Brandon Tucker in the offseason, who happens to train some of the best defensive linemen in the country. He happens to train a lot of the Cowboys guys like Osa, like Gallimore. I think that he also works with Lawrence and, and Gallimore. And Brandon Tucker took that challenge on. He said, you know what? Let's see what, what we can get out of him. And the one thing that everyone says about Isaac is he's got the athleticism. He's got the body size. He's got that freakish athleticism to, to his game. But he has never played defensive tackle. Never played defensive tackle. Not in high school. Not in college. It was always offensive line for the great Isaac. So I'm not expecting Isaac to go out there and pancake people every single rep. I just, I just want this question answered. Answered. Does it really look like somebody who has never played the position and that is doing it for the first time in the NFL? Does he look that overmatched? Or does he show enough for us to really understand why maybe Dan Quinn said, give it to me if you don't want him on offense anymore? Because that's what happened. Dan Quinn raised his hand and he said, I want to try out Isaac on defense. And he said it also in a press conference. He said, the instincts have to be there, and that's going to be a challenge. But athletically speaking, he's got what it takes. He's huge, six foot seven, 320 pounds. I think that he brought that down a little bit, actually. He did talk about losing some pounds because he needed more explosiveness out of his stand. So that could also look different. Lance says, well, being on the offensive line requires good footwork. So maybe, yeah, I agree. Even though I don't want to sound like, you know, us taking a hit at defensive tackles because they obviously have a lot of technique too. But it's more calculated on offense. Danny says, I wish that they put Isaac at zero tech, big, strong, stout, hard to move. I don't like him at three tech. And I want to see that too. Like, where are they lining him up? Because he suggested that he was working as a three technique, but I've also seen some clips from practice where it looks like he's playing at one tech or zero tech. Thank you to Edward. I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate the love. I want to see all of them be honest. To be honest, most Catherine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would love that. Huge, strong. Make sure that he stays uh, long. Be a load to move, says Danny. Yeah. Who else, man? I want to see Isaac and Nose's Dominic. His size, strength, and athleticism. 
Who else do we want to see, man? Who else do we want to see? I want to see, honestly, I want to see Eric Scott Jr. Oh, crap. Kind of changed the slides on you. I'm sorry about that. I want. I wanted to open my my roster spreadsheet to not miss anybody. I want to see Eric Scott Jr. get some play. I want to figure out what the whole what the entire hype is about. I want to see Marquise Bell and Juan J. Thomas because Juan J. Thomas has also been a riser in training camp. So can he maybe do enough to shake up the safety position? That's gonna be fun as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I will not take more of your time. I appreciate you so much tuning into the show. When we see each other again on Sunday, we're going to have a game to talk about. And that is beautiful, in my opinion. Do me a favor, smash the like button for me. Every single like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And I appreciate you tuning into the show. I wish that you had that I uh, excuse me. <laughs> I wish that you guys have a very fun weekend. And I will see you on Sunday. Muchísimas gracias. Hasta luego. Cowboys. Cowboys. El sábado. Bye.